Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Stephen Hewson. In the programme this week, a warning about the susceptibility of New Zealand sport to match-fixing in the wake of the revelation the International Cricket Council's investigating three former New Zealand cricketers. The All Blacks continue their winning ways with success at the International Rugby Board and at the New Zealand Rugby Awards. There's a call to overhaul Rugby League's Old Boys Club in the wake of the Kiwis World Cup loss. And the world's leading equestrian rider, New Zealander Andrew Nicholson, tells us what drives him to be the best. There's a warning that corruption is the biggest issue facing international sport in the wake of the revelations. The International Cricket Council's investigating three former New Zealand cricketers as part of a match-fixing investigation. The warning comes from the head of the New Zealand Cricket Players Association, Heath Mills. The former black cap, Lou Vincent's confirmed that he's being investigated, while former player Chris Cairn says he's shocked and dismayed at allegations that he's among the trio being looked into. The investigation doesn't relate to any matches involving the New Zealand national team. Heath Mills says there's a sense of naivety that corruption won't happen in sport here. It's a very disappointing and sad situation uh, for all of us who are involved. I think 99.9% of all our players and everyone involved in the sport are, are good, honest, hard-working, competitive people who are, are playing sport for all the right reasons. We, there's a small group, uh, fortunately, I think, who are touched by this. Well, I would say is I, I have absolutely no doubt that I think corruption in sport is the biggest issue in sport. There's no doubt in my mind about that, and I think we're very naive to that fact here in New Zealand. Um, and we've been very um, thorough with, we've been running an anti-corruption education program for the last two years with all our domestic players, which is a very thorough program and seeks to inform all our members about this issue and what they need to look out for when they operate in overseas environments. Um, and, and sadly, in sport, uh, our people, be that players, athletes, coaches, uh, operate in many environments around the world where corruption is a significant issue. Um, so we need to educate our people uh, as to what to look out for and, and what to protect themselves against to ensure they are safe when they operate um, in those overseas environments. And this is a, this is a real wake-up call, I hope, for people here in New Zealand about how big this issue is. The statement's been made from New Zealand Cricket that these, this investigation is looking at matters outside of any national team involvement, so therefore the ever-expanding T20 kind of competitions around the world obviously create further issues and big problems for players. It does. Uh, you know, the, the, the T20 competitions um, are occurring all around the world now in, in, in uh, a lot of different environments, and they have lots of different issues in some of those environments. Uh, particularly around corruption. So uh, our biggest concern is when our people um, operate in environments where this is acknowledged as being a big issue in sport uh, and, and making sure they are safe. Um, it's a big focus for us moving forward. It needs to be, and I think it needs it to be a big focus for all of sport here. 
Despite all the education, though, Heath, people are always going to want to make a fast buck, though, aren't they? Natural greed seems to, to come into it, and if there's an opportunity, some people are always going to take that, no matter how much education you provide. That, that's true to a point. Obviously, in any group of people, there are going to be people who are prone to doing silly things. Um, that's a fact in, in all areas of society and life. But I do think that, that we are sending our people and have historically sent our people overseas or our people have gone overseas to in other environments and they have not understood uh, what is happening around them and sadly have been trapped or groomed or or have done something untoward and been in situations that they find difficult to, to extract themselves from. So I think education plays a big part in, in, in trying to protect sport. Certainly in cricket, it's got to be a focus for us, protecting the game. From, from corruption, and we simply haven't been doing enough. Uh, we've had a comprehensive education program in place for the last two years, but, but uh, to my knowledge, it's that's the only uh, corruption education program that, that operates here in New Zealand. So rather than simply agreeing to be involved in match-fixing, you feel people are being sucked into it or drawn into it? Look, there are many, many different uh, factors um, that impact on corruption uh, and, and how it, it permeates environments, it, it gets hold of people. Uh, it's a very complex issue and it obviously uh, extends beyond the playing field, So, uh, as we've seen in other, other environments around the world. So it's a very complex issue. Um, at the end of the day, you would hope that people know the difference between right and wrong um, you know, and, and make no bones about it. What we're having to deal with is an extremely sad and disappointing situation. If someone, after a comprehensive education program and, 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 has, and has a good understanding of these issues, still chooses to do the wrong thing, uh, then you know, we, we sit alongside everyone in, in saying the rules of sport, and in fact there should be criminal rules that deal with those people. Um, but uh, you know, we, we also are cognizant that we need to create more awareness of the problem uh, within the sporting context. Are you suggesting that it may not simply be as black and white as agreeing to do something to fix a game for cash, but, I don't know, blackmail outside of the game, as you mentioned, it doesn't go on necessarily on what's happening on the, on the field. Is, is that where you're leading? This is not a simple issue. Um, yeah, it is very complex, uh, and there are different levels. Um, and, uh, and, but however, at the end of the day, it's wrong and it shouldn't be tolerated, and we need to educate our people on what to look out for and to ensure that they're always going to be safe. Outside of this situation, how much feedback do you get from players that feel as though they've come across something that, that doesn't add up or may have been approached? I mean, you talk about the naivety involved, as to, and it's the biggest issue facing sport, full stop. So how much feedback do you get that, that it's going on? Not a huge amount of feedback. Uh, to be honest, uh, yeah, look, I think the, the vast majority of the sport is clean, uh, particularly at the international level. I think, you know, I think there's only small pockets of issues there. Um, so we don't get a lot of feedback, although you know, look, we, we have um, assisted uh, a, a small number of players over the years um, with reporting approaches. Players are, are, are obligated to report any approaches they may receive um, uh, from from um, untoward people uh, or what they suspect may be approaches or in any situations they see that they're concerned about. So we have uh, assisted a small number of players over the years with that. So 
we, 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 we have been aware for some time that, that this is a, a big issue um, for our game and for sport as a whole, and, and we think there should be more proactive steps taken to protect our people uh, when they go overseas. From the ICC, from New Zealand cricket, from from where? From here, here in New Zealand, um, as, I, as I said earlier, we have a comprehensive education program that we've put in place, and New Zealand cricket are involved in that. We've, we've had that running for two years now. We, we would like we've got an education program. We run a series of workshops. Um, there's a whole lot of online activities. It's pretty. It's a reasonably comprehensive education program. Um, but I, I think what this is done with this news coming out is probably um, uh, let people within our environment know, and I hope other environments within sport, that New Zealand is not immune from these issues, that we cannot continue to take a naive approach to these issues and that they won't touch us because we're way down here. I was talking to the chief executive of the Cricket Players Association, Heath Mills. The All Blacks have capped off their perfect season with a clean sweep at the IRB and the New Zealand Rugby Union's awards nights. After winning all 14 of their tests, they were named Team of the Year. Karen Reid was named Player of the Year and Steve Hansen Coach of the Year at both award ceremonies. Steve Hansen told reporters at the NZRU awards ceremony that it was nice to honour the team after their unique achievements of 2013. Oh, look, it's a special season in that we've achieved something that no one else has done and... Uh... I'm not sure that it was perfect. You know, there's plenty of uh, things we could do better, and but you know, we'll we'll, we'll enjoy tonight and and reflect over a few beers uh, what we have achieved, and great to see you know Kieran get his awards, and um, it's it's you know a lot of people have worked hard, and um, not only within the team but also all the families. You got to say a big thank you to them. They make the sacrifices and. Now, without their support and love, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. So your Coach of the Year award, congratulations, uh, by the way, for both of them, IRB and here at the NZAU. Um, but you took a bit of a punt, I guess, um, last year with your coaching staff. Uh, not a lot of people believed in what you were creating with uh, Aussie and, you know, Foxy and, and the likes. Just how, how much of a help have they been for you for the last two years? Oh, look, you know, you pick up the award, but you're picking it up on behalf of all those people. Um, because, you know, Fozzie, Aussie, Crono, um, Nick Gill, Gilbert and Oka, Shandy in his role, um, Peter Gallagher, his physio, George Duncan, you know, right down to to people like uh, Errol Collins who does your logistics. And everyone has to do their job and, and do it well for us to be able to perform on Saturday. And, um, you know, we're very fortunate that uh, those guys have, have done that. So, um, you know, the, the award's uh, just as much theirs as it is mine. In terms of Kieran Reid, a monster year, just how are you going to look after him moving forward? He's a pretty key part of your team. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, he's like everybody else, isn't he? Uh, when we need to give him a break, we'll give him a break. And uh, obviously uh, he's had you know, two fantastic years, I think. Not only this year has he played well, but last year as well. And... He's just getting better and better all the time. So, um, you know, we'll see how we go through the Super 15 and then uh, work from there. How far ahead of the world do you feel the All Blacks are at the moment? Oh, we're, we're not that far ahead of anybody. You know, we're, we've, we've been lucky enough to, to come through the season without a defeat. But, um, you know, there's been plenty of examples of when we could have been beaten and, 
um, you know, just through sheer tenacity and, and a little bit of good luck we haven't. So, um, you know, we can be proud of that record, but at the same time we've got to go away and uh, keep working really, really hard to stay where we are, otherwise teams are going to catch up and pass us. You don't get much of the sort of grace period, I guess, as All Blacks coach. You've only just uh, finished the perfect season, but people are probably already talking about next year. What sort of break do you have, and when does your sort of planning start for next season? Uh, well, we'll wrap this year up over the next couple of weeks and then um, you know, take a decent break and, and give back to the people that have made the sacrifices, our family, and try and be as really present as we can be with them, have some fun and, and uh, reconnect and, and enjoy uh, our time with them. And you know, then February will come around and we'll start looking at uh, you know, things then. Have you had a favourite moment this year that you can look back on and be like, that was incredible? I think there's two, you know, two great moments. I thought the game in Alice Park was special uh, because both teams played, you know, really great rugby, and and uh, we haven't won there for a long time. And to get up and win there was was special. Uh, and the performance in Dublin, like you know, you're 19 points down after 18 minutes. The opposition in this case was Ireland, and they were playing as good as they've ever played. And to be able to get up and win that game. Uh, showed a remarkable uh, tenacity and, and uh, you know, just showed how special the group is. That's All Blacks coach Steve Hansen. And you're listening to Extra Time, a web-only sports programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Stephen Hewson. The former Kiwis coach Graham Lowe is calling for an independent review which he hopes will lead to a clean-out of New Zealand Rugby League's management. Lowe, who's also a former NRL and State of Origin coach, told Richard Wayne the current coach, Stephen Kearney, doesn't seem to be preparing the team mentally for the challenge of beating a confident Kangaroos outfit, particularly after they were thrashed 34-2 in the World Cup final in Manchester. When the band was playing the national anthems, I think New Zealand was starting to lose the game then, to tell the truth. There's so much involved in the mental preparation of, of teams at this particular level. I mean, there's a struck match between the quality of players on both sides. Now I'm sure that many will be just be um, going over the top on how good Billy Slater is and how good Cooper Cronk and Jonathan Thurston and those guys are. New Zealand had some fantastic players. New Zealand probably had the strongest test side out there that I can ever, certainly, that I can ever recall. New Zealand's in a more powerful position than ever in the history of the game and they've come up with one of the worst performances. That's a, that was a big part of it, wasn't it? Um, like the coach said, uh, he couldn't remember Aussie playing better, but he also said that they didn't really, you know, play their best game. I don't think that it was the best performance by an Australian side by any stretch of the imagination. It was just a typical great international display that that, that we come to expect from Australia, and I was expecting far more personally from the Kiwis. Do you reckon it means that they have to either A, go for like a mental skills coach like the All Blacks have and a lot of probably teams do, or is it a case of changing the coaching and the management? I think that they've got to, um, you know, once all the dust settles, they need, to, they need to review what went on, look at it carefully what went on. I, I personally think um, the, whole, the whole system, the whole psychology of what the whole thing's all about has got to be revisited. Um, it seems to me that it's a little bit of an old boys club in there now um, and you know there's, there's a distinct lack of accountability 
um, and and really it is not good enough. It is just not good enough. Too many people have split it, have sweated and spilled blood, sweat and tears um, for the game of rugby league, and and um, you know we finally got to a position of absolute player strength. We had a lot of player strength. Um, there was no um, there was no reason that we couldn't have put on a match. Uh, winning performance against Australia if we had to come up with the right tactics and if we had approached the game in the right way. So that does sound rather like you'd like to see a bit of a clean-out. Is, is that what you're saying, change the coach at least? Well, I mean, if, if people are satisfied with what went on, beautiful. I mean, I, I, I just I won't compromise what I, what I believe in just to fit in with mediocrity. It's as simple as that. Stephen Cooney's had a good old, uh, you know, go at it now. It's, I mean, he was there the last World Cup. That was five years ago. I think he came in, but well, he certainly came before that. I'm not quite sure how long he's been there, but it's been at least five or six years, hasn't it? Yeah, well, you know, and but it's, you know, I, I think the whole psychology of the of the of what it's all about has got to be revisited. Um, I just suspect um, that they're going down the wrong path, and um, so that's why I think an independent type review. Is very important, you know. Now we're getting now um, people getting rammed down our throat. How scientific coaching is now? Well, coach, coaching isn't a science; it's an art. And um, you know, we've got to make sure the right people are there, um, making the right calls at the right time. And and, and maybe uh, there's a lot there at the moment that aren't doing that. They've got to stop this making excuses about how tough the last game was or how. I mean, it absolutely does my head in this pathetic talk about New Zealand's no good at one-off internationals. It's absolute garbage. And that's, that's, that's excuses made by people in positions of, of control. And that, to me, identifies that they're not up to the job. That's former Kiwis coach Graham Lowe talking to Richard Wayne. The world's top eventer, Andrew Nicholson, made a flying visit to New Zealand this week after another successful season. The 52-year-old ends the year as the world number one for the 15th time after registering four-star victories at Lemoulin and Kentucky. Nicholson could also be promoted to a win at Burley, with compatriot Jock Padgett being forced to explain a positive drugs test returned from his horse Clifton Promise. Alex Coogan-Reeve spoke to Nicholson and asked him just what it means to finish the year as the best in the world yet again. To be number one, you have to have been consistent all year and winning you know, major events. So, you know, the two things working together well, it um, keeps you very focused all through the season is holding on to that number one spot. It, it does make you very, very focused at the big competitions. It, it makes you plan very well in advance on which horses I take to which competitions, you know, because you you not only want to do well at that competition, you've got to keep doing as well or bettering the result you did the year before. And it was something that at the start of the season you sort of set out to do and target as a goal? Yeah, like the, the first thing is um, sort of looking through the schedule at the start of the year. You, you, you target each horse to the event that suits it best that you're going to get the the best result out of and obviously which are the ones with the the most prize money um the terrain for the cross-country course some of my horses perhaps aren't as fast as other ones so they head to the more flatter type tracks the faster ones head to the hillier type ones um yeah that that's sort of normally that the first thing and also that fits in with the owners so they can be there to watch them 
and then we we go for the 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 one of trying to keep on to the number one spot. And how many horses have you got in your stable now? Um, I I would have thirty horses at home all all together. Um, it takes sort of three four years to get them up to the very top level, so it's very important. You you spend time, you spend money on on buying new ones every year. So there's fresh ones to take over at the top level when the older ones retire, or if I sell them, or there's always a, a new one to step into its place. Yeah, so I guess it must be very time consuming because when you're not at events, you're constantly working with. A number of different horses. Yeah, it's it's the event bit is the easy bit. Um, that's pretty much a, a walk in the park compared with a day to day thing at home. Um, often, if especially if it's the, the top level events, often I would only have two horses there. So that means for five days you're just riding two horses. Whereas at home, I'd probably ride anything up to twelve, fifteen. You know, a day, some days, if it's a jumping day, um, I may jump sort of 16 horses in one day. Um, yeah, but that's, I'm passionate about it. It's, I get as much of a buzz of being at home working with them as the competition side of it. So, you know, I guess I'm lucky in, in that side. Is that something that you've found that, that your interest in actually training and doing that sort of work on them has developed more as you've got older, whereas maybe earlier in your career you were more interested in just getting out and competing? Yeah, I've, I've always liked um, you know training them, but uh, as I've gotten you know a lot more experienced, my my reflexes probably probably are nowhere near as sharp as they used to be, and my balance is probably nowhere near as good as that used to be either. But I think I've I've more than made up for it with with knowledge and experience and and being able to to read the play a lot quicker through the knowledge and experience of what's going to happen rather than you know having to deal with it when it does happen i can sort of see it coming a bit a bit more quicker than perhaps i used to and you know that's you know part of something with just experience and you've had obviously lots of olympic success over what is it six olympic games you you've never won that gold is that still something that motivates you looking forward to three years time in rio yeah for sure it's um motivates me um olympics haven't been the, the most successful places for me um you know and i keep going back there I you know definitely want that that gold medal I, I don't lose any sleep over it at night you know I don't sort of get too hooked up on it but for sure I'd like a, a gold medal um you know I thought London was my big chance but it wasn't to be so we'll try for for Rio and who knows I'll clean and try for the one after that and uh, obviously it's been a bit of a tough time for uh, young Jock Padgett um when that first thing came about did it come as a big shock to you when you heard about it yeah like you know it's for sure it come as a shock but you know this is you know the sport you know when your horses are horses are fed all sorts of you know feeds and whatnot um you know you get a, a positive test that's part of the sport and jock's just got to to deal with it you know and i'm whatever way he needs to deal with it it's um yeah, the horses have a very strict dope testing system. Um, you know, we feed feeds, which we says that you know they guarantee they pass dope tests, these sort of things. But you know, you you never quite know until you've got the the results back from tests. It's 
you know it's pretty serious stuff the dope testing you you've got to be very on to what you're feeding them and and i just keep my feed system very very simple um I've, i use a very little amount of different products compared with some of the riders and you know it's just purely for that reason that you know i like to to keep things so i, I feel i've got a, enough of a control on it as i can but you know these things do do come up and is it always purely the rider's responsibility what what their horse is eating and that sort of thing yeah they've it's yeah the rider's the one who takes the rap and you know i think fair enough they've they've got to sort of you know draw the line somewhere someone's got to take it and it's you know sounds harsh but that's that's the way it is it's it's always down to the rider have you come across many situations like this during your time in the sport with other people? Yeah, there's other other riders who have you know had positive tests, and um, you know often you could quite see that it's it's been just a, a mix-up. You know, in various feeds you might have, um, for for instance, if you have a a mare, a female horse, they can be fed one type of. Um, substance that helps them when they come into season and they're allowed to compete on it but if you give that same stuff to a gelding you fail the dope test and then you get banned um it sounds like well it's very simple why would you give it to a gelding but if you have a, a big team of horses and you know the grooms are mixing feeds up all it needs is someone to think oh to carry two feeds at once and the left hand is for that one the right hand's for that one and then get to the door, turn around to open the door, and then the right hand feeds the left one, and the left one feeds the right one. Yeah, it's it's that simple sometimes. So I guess now he's going through the process of trying to work out exactly how this has happened. Yeah, it'll be where it's come from, how it's got there, and you know, then it's up to, to him to explain that to the, the powers to be. I guess usually disappointing for him, given the year he's had as well, sort of a break breakthrough year for him at events. Yeah, he's had an unbelievable year, and you know what he did at badminton was was quite remarkable. And you know, I think think Jock winning badminton helped jumpstart some of our younger riders, Lizzie Brown, Tim Price. They had very good results second half of the year at some quite big events. So in the worst case scenario, when he has to cop that two year ban, you'd still back him to be able to come back from that in a couple of years' time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, Jock's no soft touch. You know, he'll he'd come back from anything. He's, you know, normally when those sort of people, you know, you knock them down and when they get up, you got to step right back. You know, he, he would come back doing very well, for sure. And you just touched on it before with uh, some of the younger riders. Do you see the um, sport in general in New Zealand being pretty in a pretty good place? Yeah, I think, you know, New Zealand's really stepping up um, we we dominated the world scene this year. Um, you know, it was pretty much a, a stranglehold in the big competition by the New Zealanders. You know, even Jock losing Burley, I move up to win it. I move up to second. Another one of my horses moves up to sixth or something. You know, it's still a New Zealander winning it. Um, so, you know, we've had a a remarkable year and, and like I said with the younger ones they're really stepping up you know if we do lose jock for the the world games I think to, to look at the positives that um, it opens the door for some of the younger ones who were, were knocking on it now they'll really you know feel that you know they can 
another good result you know at the start of, of next year and there's might be vacancies up that they can get a you know sniff of success and hopefully it will really motivate them and get them very focused that's the world's leading equestrian andrew nicholson talking to alex coogan reeves and that brings us to the end of extra time for another week remember if you wish to contact us you can email us at sport at radionz.co.nz i'm stephen hewson bye for now botox cosmetic out of botulinum toxin a fda approved for over 20 years so talk to your specialist to see if botox cosmetic is right for you for full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.